Good morning. How are you? You good? Yeah. All these eyeballs looking at you, it's freaky. It's, it's Palm Sunday. You know what that means? It means victory. It means triumph. It means amazing things because in six days we get to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Easter. Good Friday, he is crucified. Sunday, he raises again. You know what that means? There's hope for us. And sometimes in my life, I look at that video. Wasn't that cute? Don't you just want to take her home? And I love it because she's so focused on quoting Psalm 23. There are six verses in that chapter. And she's always wondering about where to put the word surely. <laughs> and I'm watching that video like three times she stops and she goes, surely? <laughs> surely? Okay, surely, okay. Surely goodness and love, it says in verse 6 of Psalm 23, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely. The word surely is affirmative. It's positive. It's, it's belief. It's trust. And it has to a confidence and a faith. But I wonder if you're like me this morning, where you might be in a groove of your soul today. You might be in a season where it hurts. It's depressing. It's, you're seeking direction. You're, you're just wondering about what the future holds. You're broken. And maybe like that video, you're like that child who you're questioning, well, where does this surely fit in this chapter of my life? Am I just cycle, or is that you too? Grooves. You ever been in a groove? The dictionary defines this word groove as a narrow channel a sort of a depression in the ground where one stands. It's right after a, a longest mode. It's freshly manicured. You can smell the scent. <laughs> it smells so good. And as the week progresses, the more people walk on that lawn, it gets matted down, it gets worn, it gets weathered. And sometimes in the season of our soul, our lives get matted down because we struggle in life with wondering where to put this word surely in the midst of the chapter of life that we are currently in. Grooves. You have one this morning? I have a picture up here that's just precious to me. It's, it's important to me because it's a picture of me. Huh. <laughs> look at me, look at me. No, I love this picture because it was painted. I was 10 years old and it hangs in the living room on my wall. And I look at it every day 
And that picture gives me perspective because it's painted by one of my great aunts. And she snapped a, a picture of me as I'm sitting in that chair, and it took her months to create this painting. And I think of the grooves that she must have brushed the colors in, the shading on the canvas to create this. And she gave it to me for my birthday one year. And I treasure this. You know why? It gives me perspective because I look at that picture and that's not my life today. There's something about a child where you are so innocent. When I watched that video, Psalm 23, of that little girl, my heart melted. And I marveled at what she was saying. And I giggled because it was funny. But what we, she was speaking was absolute truth. And then she gets to this word, surely, and she struggles with where to put this in the chapter, in the way that she had memorized the scripture. And I'm like that. In my life today, I'm struggling where to put this word, surely, in the midst of this chapter of life that I'm struggling through. I'm in a groove. A groove isn't right or wrong, it's not good or bad, it's just where your life happens to be. And your soul may get weathered, and your soul may be warm this morning. There's hope. Actually, I'm not here this morning to give you even answers. I hope you leave this place this morning with more questions. Because you are literally a work in progress. You are a masterpiece to the creator of the universe. That is what Palm Sunday is about. And when Jesus Christ rode in on the donkey that day, with the palm branches scattered on the ground, riding in, entering into this phase of his suffering that would claim victory for me and you. People's arms would go out and their hands would get raised. Palm Sunday probably refers to the palm tree branches. But I take that a step further. My palms have to go out because Jesus is working in my midst and I'm trying to figure out where the surely fits. Is that you this morning? Oh Lord Jesus, we need you this morning. Take control, reign in this place, speak truth. Lord, it's Palm Sunday, a day where we get to celebrate a triumphant procession. Because, Lord, it is the entering of your kingdom to come. And your kingdom is here now in the midst of us. But some of us are in grooves. We're in seasons of the soul. It's, we're weathered, we're warm. Would you just speak your truth to us this morning? In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Do you guys have your Bibles with you? Can you turn to the book of Acts? Acts, we'll look at chapter 3. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. Acts is actually a sequel to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Acts is a book about the first church. I love the first church in Scripture because these people are crazy. They do risky things. And there are people whose arms literally go out and their heads go up because they're in awe of who it is they are praising because their lives have been changed from the inside out. Psalm 3, verse 1, it it reads this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his full attention, expecting to get something in return. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is a story about victory. This is a story about triumph. It wasn't always this way. When I read this story, I think about the indentations and the grooves of where this man sat every day at this temple gate. It makes me wonder about what he thought about. Did he think like I think? Life would be more beautiful if only my life would be that or this. And he's sitting there every day, it says, begging for money. Can you imagine going to this place every day? Isn't this story a little bit ironic? A place called Beautiful? I wonder if he thought if his life was just that beautiful. I was born with cerebral palsy. I shake in my hands. I was never able to write with a pen or pencil, so I had to rely on a, a computer to do all my writing. I was fine. I ran. I played sports. I was actually a normal kid, which I hate that word. Look at me. You cannot even tell anything was different about me. Then I go to bed in eighth grade. Overnight, something happened, we're not sure what, but I woke up the next morning, I could not hold my head up. 
It took them two and a half months to diagnose this. It's a muscle and nerve disease, and it would take control of my body. So I'm a man that struggles with self-image. I'm a man that struggles with self-esteem. I'm a person that just struggles with identity. My whole life I've been told lies, and I've come to believe them. Life has been tough. I'm now a speaker full time. (laughs) That's scary. I speak for a ministry called Obscure Ministries. The last four letters of the word spells cure. In the midst of our situations, our circumstances, Jesus may not take them away, but he wants to cure us from the inside out. He wants to use us in spite of us. Can you imagine this crippled beggar sitting in the indentations of the grooves that he made on the steps of the temple? Looking to this beautiful gate, wanting maybe something else, but he was just taught to just beg for what he knew, which was money. Arms go out. Hands get raised. Your palms get shown. Hence Palm Sunday. Because Jesus is all we need. He noticed that the man had people that carried him to this place, but what happened to them? Where'd they go? If he was so in need of money, couldn't they spare him some money, some bling bling? <laughs> they left. And it tells me this. We have people in our lives that will indeed carry us, you know what? They can carry you or me only so far. Because this life that we live is ultimately between you and the Lord your maker. And I have friends who know my dilemma this morning. They know my struggles. They ache. They hurt my family included. If, if it was up to them, they would just take it away. But they can't. And they can only carry me so far. And God's teaching me that my arms have to go out and my hands just have to keep getting raised. My palms have to be shown. I know I'm victorious because of Jesus Christ in my life. But that doesn't take away your pain, sorrow, or grief. That doesn't diminish your grooves. That doesn't take away the seasons of your souls. I want to be a dad one day. Because I'm going to laugh at everything my kid does. I guarantee it. Because children crack me up. So I'm a babysitter. I babysit for Ron and Anna Merrill. Ron teaches here on Sunday. He's the pastor of our young adults ministry here at Cornerstone, and their son Braddock is too. He's amazing. The way that kid says the word okay is hilarious. (laughs) It's like Eeyore, but it's not. 
because he's not a depressed kid. He's full of energy, life. You have to keep up with him. I love the way he says the word helicopter. I love it so much that I purposely taught him with pictures of helicopters just so that he would say it. <laughs> and I'm on the floor rolling with laughter. So one day, Anna, his mom, brings him over to my place because he's going off to the dentist. So I get to watch him for a few hours. And when she arrives, Braddock is sleeping. That's a bummer because I like to play with Braddock. <laughs> so she puts Braddock on my bed in my room. I close the door. I go upstairs, and I'm in my office doing some work. I hear this panic scream. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened? And I go downstairs, open the door, and Braddock is on his knees on my bed, and the tears are going down his face, and he's bawling because he is scared. This kid is frightened. This kid is in unfamiliar territory. He's not used to my house. Because whenever I go and babysit, I go to his place because that's where his toys are. His videos go on. It's easier. So he's at my place, on his knees, on my bed, completely disoriented. And he's scared to death. And he's crying. And I open the door and I go, hey, Brad, it's okay. And I pick him up. And he's just it's not going everywhere. He's just crying. <laughs> and I put him on the floor. And as soon as I put him on the ground, it was like a reflex. His arms just go up. His hands go out. He just wants me to pick him up. So I pick him up. We go upstairs. I show him around so he can get used to this environment and what he's not used to. We go over to the window, and there's, there's a park across the street from where I live, about a quarter block away, but you can see it from my window. Go, hey, Braddock, look at that park over there. Look at the slides and swings. You want to go play? Okay. <laughs> so I go, I put him down to, to lock my front door, you know, safety, right? This kid screams. His arms go up, his hands go out. He's still afraid. I pick him up. I carry him the whole way, the corner of the block, to this park so we can just play. And then after that, he's okay. But that's how it be a lesson. So many times when you feel like you're in the groove of your soul, your arms have to keep going out. You can't give up. And your palms have to get displayed because you need to reach out to this Lord, the Savior. What is he doing in the midst of this groove of your soul? It's hard. It's tough. Isn't that what the people shouted when Jesus came in on the donkey on that Palm Sunday that day? They shouted, Hosanna, save us, we pray. Praise be to our God. They shouted, blessed be he, or blessed be your name, because our best affection, our greatest applause belongs to you, because you are about to save mankind. 
from sin. If only the people would turn and believe. But being a Christian, it doesn't make your life easier, right? It's tough. I opened Acts 3 one day. I'm at a coffee shop down the street from where I live. And this story leaps out of page to me because it speaks to my grooves of my own soul. The season of my life that I've been. I've been here for about five months in this place. And it's warm. It gets weathered. It's hard. Does God want me to keep speaking? Does he want me to do something different? Lord, what do you have for my future? What's in store? It's tough. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just the place where I am. People can only carry me so far. Because this is between me and the Lord. Acts 3, verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Two disciples, Peter and John, going together to this temple place at 3. The other times of prayer were 9 a.m. and 12 noon. They show up. And they see this crippled beggar, who it says was from birth, on the, ste- on the steps of this gate, proceeding into this gate. And what is he doing? He's begging. He's begging for what he knows. He's begging for money. Show me the money! <laughs> because that's all he knows. He's expecting something different. But what, what is God doing? He's intending to do something greater, something more for his life. But he doesn't see it. You know why? Because he's in the midst of his groove. And when you are in the midst of the groove of your soul, it's hard to see things with a different eye. As I look at that portrait of me, 10 years old, that's not me today. I'm a completely different person. You know why? Because my life has been weathered. It's been worn. I've been through things. When I was in high school, I was confined to a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair for five years. People had to dress me, bathe me, put me in the bed, get me up out of bed. I thought my life was hopeless. I really did. I thought there was no meaning to it whatsoever because whenever I start to triumph, I just get, keep getting smacked down. Cerebral palsy, a muscle and nerve disease, a divorced home, a dad who was ashamed of who I was because of my circumstances. Boom, 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 boom. I had a friend come over a few weekends ago to do a, a life plan on my life because of my groups that I'm in currently. What's a life plan? It was freaky. It was eight hours of intensive counseling and direction for two days. 
16 hours focused on you. That's freaky. And it comes out, and by the time our, our time is over, our weekend is over with this life plan, 180 degrees around my living room, there are sheets of butcher paper with things written on it. 180 degrees is my life story. And it's all around me. And that whole weekend, those two days of intensive eight-hour days, I, I bawl. I just cry. Because I realize certain things here, and notice certain things here, I understand why I do things here, the lies that I've told myself, the things that I believe, who it is that I am. And it was amazing. Grooves. I wonder what the lies were that this crippled beggar told himself about who he was. He was expected for money, but God was wanting to do something better, something bigger, something greater. And I love when Peter and John approached him in verse 4. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. You guys, look at me. I don't have the resources that some of you are looking for. I don't have the answers to your current struggles or your grooves or the seasons of your soul. I wish I did. I hate pain. I can't stand it. And isn't it ironic that as a speaker that deals with brokenness, I would have to deal with it pretty much my whole life? It never ends. Maybe I'm too sensitive, maybe I'm too sentimental, but I don't know what it is, but I'm me. God created me for a purpose. I'm to be triumphant. I'm to be victorious. That's what Palm Sunday was about. My arms just have to keep going out. And my hands just need to keep being raised. Because I got nothing I got people who love and care about me, but they can carry me only so far. I only have him. You guys, I'm walking around, I'm driving a car, a car, <laughs> out of home. I live here by myself in Arizona. My family's in North Carolina. It's crazy. It's hot. I'm from California. I've only lived here a year and a half. Grooves. Are you in one this morning? I love this story. Verse 6. After this man gave Peter his full attention... 
Peter said to him, silver and gold, I need a half. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And he was just in the midst of a group. Asking for money for what he knew not realizing that God was doing something that much greater. And Peter and John said it, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Isn't that the first thing we have to do in a group? Not necessarily get out of it, but just Walk. In the midst of it. And this man was healed. He didn't just walk. He did at that first. But eventually, what was he doing? He was jumping and praising and leaping and, and do, getting jiggy with it and praising God. He was busting a move. And his life was changed. No, I don't know where this surely quite fits in my life this morning. Not in this season. Not in this group. But I know it works somewhere. I know it's a piece that just has to go somewhere because I know that to be true. Because that's the story of my life. God's faithfulness in the midst of my pain. It's just taking it long. Hurry up! God's never late, <laughs> but he's never on time either. <laughs> Are you like that little girl this morning? Shirley? Surely, surely, you know it belongs, but you're trying to fit it somewhere in the chapter of your life currently this morning. You know what's amazing about the victory of March, the triumphal procession of Palm Sunday? When Jesus rode in on that donkey that day, the Romans were just having a heyday. Because to the Romans, this is not a victory. For a victory to incur, you have to be in a chariot, not a donkey. You have to kill at least 5,000 soldiers. You have to display your, your victory trophies and, and the new territories you've gained. 
that wasn't anything of Jesus that day. It was a humble procession, but it was triumphant. A broken man going to be led to be crucified for you and me in order that we might live. And you know what I love about the story? Is if you look over at Acts 4, verse 4, in relation to this crippled beggar, check this out. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about how many? 5,000. There's the 5,000 Romans. The Romans were worried about a military conquest. Jesus was concerned about the soul of a man. And just because of what he did in the midst of a groove in this crippled beggar's life, how many people believed? 5,000. It's Palm Sunday all over again. Your arms go out, your hands get raised, your palms are shown because Jesus is all you need. Man, I need him this morning. The portrait of our lives. The grooves in our canvas. The colors, the shading, everything. Becomes perfect. But right now, you're just wrestling with the surely. Where does that fit in the midst of all that I'm going through? It's Palm Sunday. Your hands need to go out. Your arms as well. And your palms need to be shown. He's all we need. We can be victorious in spite of our brokenness. We can be triumphant in the midst of our grooves. We just need to walk in the midst of that season or that storm of our souls. Is that you this morning? Surely? Surely? Surely, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for victory and triumph. Lord, thank you for the story of this crippled beggar. For children that teach for children that make us laugh and giggle and give us perspective. Lord, this surely belongs. But Lord, I pray that you would show and guide us just where it fits in the chapter of our life this morning. It's Palm Sunday. It's a day of victory. Thank you, Lord, for using the story of the crippled beggar to change lives. It changed mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.